It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The United States is moving on in the FIBA World Cup, so we know we get at least two more extra games with our friends with our friend Paolo Bancaro, but Paolo's doing something different. No, not just because he's coming off the bench and not scoring as much. He's blocking shots. I said, wow. I, I realize half of you probably podcast listen to this. Let's let's locked on magic. You are locked on magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 28th, 2023. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the site expert and editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the highlight of Paolo Bancaro's run with Team USA is not his scoring. It's not his shooting. It's not his still amazing ability to get to the foul line a ridiculous number of times. It is not his passing. It is his shot blocking. Why shot blocks, why being a rim protector has suddenly become Paolo Bencaro's best skill for Team USA and how he brings that back to the Orlando Magic. We'll check, we'll check that out. Plus, talk a little bit more about the Magic's rim protection overall coming up here in just a moment. First, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Um, We've gone over this a million times. Um, Paolo Caro for Team USA is sacrificing his role. He is not the lead scorer like he is with the Orlando Magic. He is not on the ball constantly. His job is not to put the ball on the floor and create. He is certainly encouraged to do so when the opportunity comes around. And what's been fun about the last two games against New Zealand and against Greece is he's shown a lot more comfort and understanding of what his role is. It's like the light bulb has flipped with him. Uh, and and he's forcing himself a little bit more into games and being more of an impactor offensively than he was in the exhibition games. But that's not his role. The U.S. is moving on. They defeated uh, Greece uh, on on Monday uh, on Monday morning uh, here in the United States, at least. Uh, Monday morning, I guess it's Monday evening in the Philippines. But they defeated Greece. They are 2-0. Um, everyone else in the group is uh, – uh, Greece is 1-1. One one. Uh, New Zealand's now 1-1. One one. Jordan is 0-2. Uh, so the U.S. is officially moving on to the world to the second round of the FIBA World Cup. So we'll get two more games with them, and obviously we're expecting uh, that they will make it to the knockout rounds. The Magic. Uh, we actually we actually know who the U.S.'s opponents are going to be: uh, Montenegro and Nikola Vucevic, as well as Jonas Valanciunas and Lithuania um, have advanced out of their out of their cross group, and so we'll see the U.S. play both those teams. Uh, coming up here in the next couple of that uh, uh, later in the week, it's 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 coming up soon. Um, but but 
Paolo Bancaro had a, had a nice game. Eight points, six for eight from the foul line, one for two from, from the floor. Uh, he was willing to get downhill, turned his shoulders toward the basket, got to the foul line. He's continued to be a free throw magnet. If there's one skill that I am very, very confident is not going to go away, Paolo Bancaro is going to average six, seven, eight free throw attempts per game. He is still doing that in the very physical FIBA game. The FIBA, FIBA referees are usually a little more hands-off with the fouling. He is still getting to the line six times a game. Um, you know, and, and, able, and whether he's making them is another question for FIBA, but uh, that's that's a question for another day. Um, but that's not the point of what we want to talk about today. What we want to talk about today is what has stood out most from all the games, the five exhibition games and the two FIBA World Cup games. What has stood out most about Paolo Bancaro? We've talked a lot about on here when we've talked about Paolo, about how much more engaged he looks defensively. And look, I don't, I can't give you the numbers. I can't tell you the stats. I know just by watching and having watched 82 games of Paolo Vancaro, how much more locked in defensively he, he is. Um, if there is something good that's going to come out of this World Cup, it's Paolo understanding how good he can be defensively and how much better he can be defensively. Um, again, we'll see what carries over. He'll obviously have a bigger offensive load, so maybe the defensive attention won't be as great, but. He's been forced to confront his defense, and we'll talk about his defense a little bit more generally here in a minute. Um, he's been forced to confront his defense and make an impact on that end. To wit, the thing that has stood out most about Paolo Bancaro um, during this World Cup run has been his shot blocking. He had two taken off the board. Both, one was clearly a goaltend, the other more dubiously, um, but... He had four blocks in the game against New Zealand on, on Saturday. He had another two really good opportunities at blocks that he nearly got. Um, and these are highlight reel blocks. These are verticality blocks. These are just him being a big body, being an athletic body, holding his ground and getting to shots. I mean, the highlight of his World Cup run so far, um, it was not the scoring binge he had in the third quarter of Saturday's game, as impressive as that was. It was the block off the backboard that he had. Uh, it was the block against Puerto Rico when he turned the ball over, had to get back on defense, challenged a shot at the rim, prevented an easy two points. Team didn't get the rebound. They got the two points anyway. But Paolo Bancaro has really shined this tournament run with his defense. Paolo Bancaro's defense has been the thing. And all of a sudden now he is blocking shots. And, and this is just such an interesting and, and, and frankly, important development. Because as a rookie last year, and you expect rookies to be bad defensively, and we're going to get into some of those numbers here in a minute, um, he really wasn't a shot blocker. He averaged a half a block per game. Um, a, you know, our data from Basketball Index, uh, uh, data from Basketball Index says that opponents shot 3.10 percentage points worse than expected at the rim. So he did do a decent job defending the rim. But according to data from Second Spectrum as well, opponents shot 65.9% at the rim against him. Um, he averaged only 0.58 blocks per 75 possessions, so he is not blocking a lot of shots. Teams are still able to shoot on him, and they're not afraid to attack him, so I think there's a volume issue there. Um, but even then, even so, Bancaro at least has shown showed a little bit of hint that he might be able to be an effective, deter effective rim protector or, or someone who... If you challenge him, he's going to rise to the occasion. Again, 
we're probably dealing with very little data here. I don't have the number of field goal attempts. I don't have any of that on me, but we're dealing with a small data set, essentially. Um, that would tell us that, okay, Bancaro wasn't a dominant defender. Bancaro wasn't uh, certainly a rim protector of any sort. And his run with Team USA has almost, I don't want to say completely, but it has almost flipped that. Why does playing, why were we concerned about playing Paolo Bancaro at center? And I will say I am still a little bit concerned about it, especially with those two opponents, like I mentioned, that the Magic are going to have to face in the second round of the FIBA World Cup. I don't want Paolo Bancaro guarding Nikola Vucevic or Jonas Valanciunas for very long. Jaron Jackson Jr. needs to stay out of foul trouble. Bobby Portis needs to be on standby. Those aren't favorable matchups for Paolo. Paolo can handle kind of more swifter, you know, maybe mobile centers. I don't think he can handle like traditional, you know, back to the ba- back to the basket centers. Certainly with the rebounding that that Valanciunas can provide. Um, uh, you know, Montenegro, Lithuania are coming up on the schedule. We got to start thinking a little bit about them, even with uh, a very interesting Jordan team. Rondé Hollis Jefferson is having a great tournament for Jordan. Um, but, but, uh, they Carroll just never showed this inkling to be a rim protector. Um, not in college when he played a lot more center, not at, you know, it, it if there was a reason why playing Paolo at center wasn't going to work, it was because there were all these questions about his defense. There are all these questions about, okay, can Paolo rise up and block a shot? Can Paolo do all the things that centers need to do? And, 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 and do you trade too much of that away? Because he isn't Draymond Green as a defender. He is, you know, Draymond Green can not only defend every position well, he can block some shots. He, he, he can be a dominant rebounder when he needs to be. Paolo gives you the mobility and flexibility offensively that a Draymond might give you. But he doesn't give you the defense. And what makes those Draymond Green lineups with the Golden State Warriors work is his defense, is his defensive versatility. That's not who Paolo is. That's not who Bancaro is. So now Bancaro is starting to show this. And like, look, this is what this summer has become about for Paolo. Is okay, we've seen the baseline of what Paolo is. And the Magic, I think, did a really good job uh, establishing who he is, like who he is at his core. Like these are the simple things we want you to do. Master those. And then we'll start to experiment. Now we're seeing Team USA conduct some of this experiment, playing him at center a little bit and seeing, hey, can he hold up? Well, you know, again, with the lineups that the U.S. is playing, that, that second unit with Paolo, uh, Austin Reeves, Tyrese Halliburton, usually Josh Hart and Cameron Johnson in there. They're not only holding up, they're winning ball games for the U.S. They're helping the U.S. pull away in these games. And, and you know, the reason why they defeated Greece as easily was because of that third quarter spurt from Paolo. The reason, or the, the reason why they defeated New Zealand was because of that third quarter spurt from Paolo. The reason why they defeated Greece and pulled so far away from them, winning, leading by 30 for a good chunk of the game, was because that second unit just pounded Greece and it's that depth that gives the U.S. their advantage and they're a funky lineup depth-wise too now. They're taking care of their business. They're taking care of what they need to do. And look, this thing doesn't work if Paolo's defense isn't this good. So how far has Paolo come defensively? Let's run through some numbers. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. 
But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season. It is coming one week from Thursday. It's the start of the NFL season. And get ready for it with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers, that's everyone, who bets $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can be on everything. You can bet on everything. You can be on everything, but you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So why did Paolo's defense kind of take us all by surprise? Um, you know, the big question mark for Paolo Bancaro entering Team USA is like, we all knew he was a skilled offensive player, but he was a rookie. Like, you know, we, we know all this stuff is going to grow, is going to get better, is going to take another step. Uh, but uh, but it's it's still so unrefined. And, you know, again, when Steve Kerr threw him in at center – it's interesting. We all want to see Paolo at center. Like, like we've all talked about it. Like, put a pal, give us a Paolo at the five line of Coach Mosley. And again, I give Magic credit. I think keeping things simple was the right thing to do and the right direction to go. But at the same time, I don't think it was wrong to do. I, I think we're ready to see some expansion and see these experiments and start testing out the versatility of this lineup. If the Magic truly are positionless, and Paolo has even said it, said it that you know he's positionless. He has to be able to do it all. If the Magic truly are positionless, then we got to start seeing this. So, you look, I expect to see a Paolo Franz, Jonathan Isaac trio at some point, whether in small lineups with Paolo or J.I. at the five or in bigger lineups with Franz at the two. Like, the Magic have the versatility to try both. Um, and, and we'll talk about, you know, we'll talk about that as we get closer and closer to the season. But Paolo's defense was going to be the tipping point for him being able to play for Team USA. Because at the end of the day, what the t- what Team USA hangs its hat on and, and, and what the program is about is we've got the depth to go crazy on you. So we're going to pressure. We're going to use pressure defense when we can. We're going to eat you up on turnovers. We're just going to keep bringing in wave and wave and wave and wave and wave of solid players that do not relent. And we're going to find your little weak spot. It'll, it might be a two, three-minute stretch. We're going to find that weak spot. We're going to put our thumb into it and make that hole bigger. And you're going to have to try and dig your way out. Again, what happened against New Zealand on Saturday, the U.S. was in a tight game. The bench came in. New Zealand bought their bench in. The U.S. pummeled them. They got up by double digits. The starters extended it back out a little bit. But that the bench was the reason why the U.S. won that game so comfortably. What happened Monday? The starters played okay. They played about even with Greece. The bench came in. 
gave the, gave the U.S. a double-digit lead. Started the second half. Anthony Edwards took over. Brought that lead back out to 20. Bench came in again. Extended it out to 25-30. And that's your ball game. That's like that's that's how these U.S. games are going. And that's how they've generally gone, um, you know, except for the Spain game. The second unit struggled a little bit. Um, that's how they've generally gone for this group a, as a whole. And again, we'll see how much that lasts as minutes start to tighten up, as rotations start to tighten up. The U.S., honestly, their second unit might be the better unit at, at, at this juncture. But, you know, we'll see how that plays out when we get to the knockout rounds. Um, Paolo Bancaro did not have an inkling of any of this. Um, you know, again, his defense was not particularly strong. And, and again, I mentioned that he had a good rating, uh, you know, that he had some interesting uh, rim protection numbers that suggested that maybe he could do this. But overall, Paolo Bancaro was rough. The, uh, for the Magic last year, Paolo Bancaro had the second worst defense on-court defensive rating of any regular rotation player. The Magic had a 115.3 defensive rating with Paolo Bancaro on the floor last year. Mark, that was only better than Gary Harris. Um, at the end of the season, I believe after the All-Star break, the Magic had a 117 defensive rating with Paolo on the floor. So Paolo got better offensively, and the Magic were better offensively with Paolo on the floor. Their defense got worse with Paolo on the floor. And this is at a point when the Magic were playing a lot better defense. Remember, they finished with the sixth best defensive rating, 113 points allowed per 100 possessions um, after December 7th. Um, you know, again, we kind of lop off the first 25 games because they, they they were weird and, and this team wasn't quite ready to handle the injuries. Uh, according to data from Basketball Index, um, Bancaro had a minus 0.19 on ball perimeter defensive rating that puts him in the bottom half of the league. Um, there are just all these indications that Bancaro was going to struggle defensively. And, and, and one of the areas that we do want Bancaro to step up and, and one of the areas that we want to see Bancaro continue to improve is with his defense. He has to be a better defender. Quite simply, that is, you know, you want a, a, a star player that you could you can hold your own defensively. You could be a two-way player uh, around. around. Um, I have the numbers now. Even after the 5-20 and 20 start, the Magic had a 115.1 defensive rating with Bancaro off the, on the floor. So again, even if you take out the 5-20 and 20 start, the Magic's defense is still not great. So two points per 100 possessions worse with Bancaro on the floor. Um, after December 7th, the Magic's defensive rating with Bancaro off the court was 105.7. So just let that sink in a little bit. How good the Magic were defensively with Bancaro off the floor. Now, how much of that was the 11 games that Jonathan Isaac played? Bull Bull had a decent defensive rating, even though we kind of rated him as a poor defensive player. These numbers are, you have to, you have to take some of these numbers with a grain of salt and, and understand the context. The Magic starting group did struggle defensively at times, but the eye test would also confirm that yes, Paolo Bencaro can sometimes be an unengaged defender. He, you know, he certainly was a little bit late on rotations at times. He's still learning the lead. You expect rookies to be bad. I say this every year. I will repeat it every year. Rookies are bad. They're usually very bad, especially at defense. It's rare to have a Jalen Suggs who just gets it defensively. And even him, he'll overextend on steals. He'll get a little little jumpy and happy, and happy even if he can be a super disruptive disruptive player. At this point, Bancaro is a better interior defender than than perimeter defender. Um, you know, so putting him in, on power forwards, putting him even on centers is still probably the right thing to do with him. He can be a little bit of a disruptive shot blocker, as we're seeing especially now. Um, but even though he can be scored on, he can also hold his own inside the paint. And, and so I think that is 
something that the Magic are thinking about as they figure out what they want to do defensively. But at the end of the day, defense is about effort and understanding of the scheme. And, and look, rookies are bad at this. They're, they're always bad at this. Um, and the Magic are looking for ways to fine-tune their defense and get a little bit better uh, def- defensively. No doubt that is part of the process that we're seeing this team go through. Um, and Paolo is going to be better defensively. Um, where he's already better defensively. We're watching him play defense for Team USA, having that be one of his primary goals and one of the primary things he's contributing to this team. He is already a better defender than he was last year. You know, whether he could bring that number, those numbers down from last year, you know, again, you don't want to have a guy, a star player, especially where you're giving up 115 points per 100 possessions with him on the floor. That's that's not how you win basketball games. That's certainly not how you play elite enough basketball to compete for something serious. And again, we're looking ahead to the magic competing for something serious, but the magic are starting to see Paolo. you know, Paolo did struggle as a rookie defensively. And this summer we're starting to see him put some of those pieces together and hopefully be something a little bit more permanent. Um, That's the hope. And it's looked good so far. Undoubtedly defense is still an area that Paolo needs to improve. And he's looked better at that this summer. So if you're, you know, a little disappointed, maybe the scoring isn't where you want it to be. And again, we'll see what that looks like in October. You can already clearly see he has worked hard to become a better defender. And if he brings that back to Orlando, that's going to make this team a whole lot better. There is one weakness to the Magic's defense overall, and it's not just a Paolo thing. And so seeing Paolo block some shots is a good sign. We're going to talk about the Magic's rim protection coming up here in just a moment. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So, you know, when you think of the Orlando Magic defensively, um, you know, again, Magic were sixth in the league in defense, uh, sixth or eighth. They, they were top 10 in the league in defensive rating. I, f- I forget the numbers now. They were top 10 in the league in defensive rating after December 7th. You know, I think after the All-Star break, they were 10th or 11th. Um, their defense slipped a little bit. And it's, you know, those last three games, you know, in a sample size of 22 games, those last three games when the Magic really didn't care. Um, definitely weigh things down a little bit. Um, you know, there's definitely definitely some outliers occurring there. But this is the good news. This is this is this is the positive thing of it all. Um, the Magic did make progress, um, uh, and and they did have a very established defensive identity. The Magic's defensive strategy was to limit points in the paint. They wanted to limit shots in the paint. They wanted to limit your ability to get in the paint. And they packed that paint and they did everything they could to keep you from scoring in the paint. The numbers back this up entirely. Orlando, I believe, finished um, their top 10 in the league in points points in the paint allowed per game. They were... Um, um, they were... Uh, find my numbers here. Um, they were among the, the top teams in the league in fewest... 
a field goal attempts per game in the restricted area. They only allow 21.6 field goal attempts per game in the restricted area. That's the third fewest in the league. They gave up only 47.6 points in the paint per game. That was the sixth fewest in the league. The downside of all of this is because the Magic were so focused on giving up points in the paint, they tended to give up a lot of three-point field goals. And so if you look at the Magic's defense, just generally just looking at the numbers, and you can back this up by looking at the, at the, at the stats, their strategy was protect the paint, lock down the paint, keep, keep teams from getting field goals in the paint, and then use their length and athleticism to challenge shots at the three-point line. And for the most part, it worked. Orlando did give up the second most, I believe they gave up the second most three-point attempts per game in the league, um, which did leave them susceptible to teams that got hot. And, and when their rotations were off, they gave up a lot of open threes. Um, but the overall numbers looked pretty good. The Magic gave up few attempts at the basket. Um, you know, they, they gave a precious few attempts at the basket. They contested those shots decently well. They gave themselves chance to win because their defense was okay. However, their rim protection was not good. And, and if I have a concern for when we get to the playoffs and, you know, the shot, the shots change a little bit, the defensive strategies change a little bit, um, the ability to, yes, limit shots at the rim is fantastic, but the Magic actually have to be able to stop some shots at the rim too. And look, um, Wendell Carter is a decent shot blocker, but he is not a great rim protector. Opponents shot 64% at the rim against Wendell Carter, according to data from second, second Spectrum Sports. That is middle of the pack for centers who average at least 24 minutes per game, but it's hardly elite. Orlando gave up 67.1% on field goals defended at the rim. Again, according to Second Spectrum, that was 24th in the league. That was even with Mo Bamba and with Bull Bull for a good chunk of the season. Opponents, despite taking only 21, almost 22 field goal attempts per game in the restricted area, shot 70.2% in the restricted area. That's 27th in the league. What this says is essentially when opponents did get in the paint, did get shots at the rim, they made them. There was little opposition. There was little uh, protection. And look, Wendell Carter could block a few shots. Goga Batadze is a good, good rim protector. Mo Wagner, as I've pointed out several times, and I don't think this is necessarily his fault and something that he can get better at. Mo Wagner was the worst de worst def defensive player at the rim in the entire league uh, among among rotation rotation player centers. Um, the worst field, worst field goal percentage defended at the rim in the, in the league, according to Second Spectrum. Um, the Magic are a team that gave up shots that, that if you could get to the basket, and maybe that was the hard part, but if you could get to the basket, they can score. And so when I'm looking at ways for this Magic team to get better defensively, um, you know, I, I, you know, 57 games is a large enough sample to say like, okay, there's something there. There's something with this group defensively that works, that makes sense, that checks out. There is something there. So let's not dis dismiss it. Let's not, let's not throw it out. Let's not say that it's not there. It's there. But uh, but there is something more this team needs to do and something more this team needs to grow and, and something more that has to happen for the Magic to be an elite defensive team, which is what they have to be at this juncture. Um, and certainly they'll have to be uh, if they want to compete for championships. And that right now is rim protection. So can Wendell Carter be a better rim protector? Like, look, he played most of the last season with a plantar fascia issue. I'm sure that uh, affected his lift and affected him in ways that that he just gritted through and we didn't really notice. I expect Wendell Carter to be a better rebounder and better room protector next year. Um, seeing Paolo Bancaro block the shots that he's blocking certainly is a suggestion that the Magic will be a much tougher interior team next year. Now, again, 
let's add some rebounds to it. There's still some, there's still some things to put into the mix there, but certainly very, very encouraging. Um, having Jonathan Isaac back, who is an excellent rim, rim protector, one of the best shot blockers in the entire league when he's healthy and that when is carrying a very large weight, having Jonathan Isaac back will make the magic a better defensive interior team. Marco Fultz is actually one of the best shot blockers in the league for guards. Um, again, another, another thing that could make the magic better at rim protection. This is a defensive team. Eventually they're going to need to address the offense. They're going to be better offensively. But if the magic are going to make the playoffs, the magic are going to be a posting team. The magic are going to take that huge step up. They're going to do it with their defense. They're going to do it, giving up 110, 111, Maybe they can get away with 112 points per 100 possessions. They're going to do it on the defensive end. They were they were a solid defensive team for most of last season, but when you get into the playoffs, you're going to get those defensive weaknesses exposed, and one of them is going to be rim protection. Uh, it's you know I love Wendell Carter. I think he's a great player. I think the biggest question facing Wendell Carter is whether he can be a playoff center for the Orlando Magic. Um, you know what does that mean? That means someone who can handle the handle the block, can handle rim protection, can can block shots, can do all the things that you see elite centers in this league do. That is one of the big questions facing the Magic this year and facing Orlando is whether they can add that defensive element. Look, what we're seeing from Paolo Bancaro during this tournament is one heck of a start. Just even adding that to the mix, where Paolo Bancaro is let's just say an average defender. Let's not even go to where he's blocking two, three shots like he is in this turn, like he is in this world cup tournament where he's just average. That's going to change the magic. So make Gary Harris's defensive ring look a lot better because they shared the floor a lot. That's going to make everything look better for him. Um, and you expect him to be better defensively, but that's going to be a big key for this team. As we look ahead to the upcoming season. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of them. We sit on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device for latest on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, you can, of course follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. On tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we will talk about Germany's game against Finland. Germany has already advanced to the second round, uh, but Franz Wagner is, uh, according to his coach, 50-50 to play in that game. That's a 4.30 a.m. tip-off, so we'll talk about it. I'll watch it late. We'll talk about it on tomorrow's episode. Again, we're we're going afternoon episodes for the rest of the World Cup, uh, so we'll, po- we'll be posting this in the mid to late afternoon. Uh, I'm going to try and get it out as early as I can, but I have errands to run during the day. I have, I have a life, too, um, mostly. Um, but we'll, we'll, we're going with afternoon episodes, so expect something in the mid to late afternoon here uh, uh, as far as episodes. On top of that, we are also preparing for Tropical Storm Idalia. Um, so if you live in Central Florida, if you live along the Gulf Coast, if you live anywhere in Florida, um, please take uh, the next couple days. Please take tomorrow because Tuesday is the day. Um, please take the next, tu- next Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, to get yourself ready for a tropical storm. Um, it Currently, it is the last projection that I saw was that it's going to rub right up against the coast of Florida. So Orlando is probably not going to get the worst of it, but that track has been moving precariously east. Even though it is a tropical storm, it will probably, be only, be, probably only be a Cat 1 hurricane by the time it reaches us. Um, please take these storms seriously. Listen to um, all emergency personnel and, and be prepared for the storm. 
Luckily, it looks like it's going to be out of here real, real fast. Um, by the end of by the end of the day, Wednesday, it's it's probably going to be gone, and we'll be we'll be ready for college football to start on Thursday and 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 all that. But um, please, 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 uh, do what you need to do to be prepared. Uh, listen to people smarter on this stuff than I am. I can only tell you to be prepared, and that's 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 all I can do as, as someone with a platform to do so. Um, but that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.